Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm Dave Walker, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Evan Birchfield. Evan, how you doing, man? I'm average, like the Falcons record, uh, 500. Um, <laughs> feeling feeling more optimistic than I have been in quite some time, but um, yeah. Which is always a great setup when you're a Falcons fan. Right, <laughs> right. Um, and that is what we're here to talk about is the great setup this weekend as the Falcons return home in week eight to host the rivals up 85, the Carolina Panthers. Um, this is a tale of two different trajectories right now, with the Falcons and, and the Panthers. Um, uh, the Falcons have won three of their last four. They've won two straight. The Panthers have lost four in a row. Um, and their most recent loss was to a New York Giants team. Uh, as I was sharing with you in our writers chat that was missing um, Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, and Sterling Shepard, and they still beat the Panthers 25 to three. That is sort of a stunning uh, realization of where this Panthers team is at, but we're going to get into the specifics of this matchup, what we like, what we don't like, how we think this one's going to play out. And I want to flip the script. I want to start with the Panthers offense and this Falcons defense, because I think right now with Carolina, the story, uh, at least if you ask Carolina fans, is Sam Darnold. Um, you know, he started off the, the year pretty well. Uh, the Panthers gave him or they signed his fifth year option before he had even played a snap for the team, which was sort of a stunning thing to realize. Um, and you and I like PFF. We, we both lean on that stat a lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, something I pulled up a little bit earlier today and getting ready for this, which really sort of surprised me. Um, if you look at the last four weeks, so uh, weeks four through seven, four, five, six, and seven, uh, if you last the last four weeks, uh, according to PFF, Matt Ryan is the highest rated passer. Uh, he has a 93.5 PFF rating, and you and I know how ridiculously high that score is. Um, a 65.4% completion percentage, 961 yards, eight touchdowns, one interception for a 105.8 passer rating. In that same time frame, Sam Darnold is ranked dead last. Um, mm-hmm. for, and that's based off quarterbacks who've taken at least 50% of their team snaps. Um he has got a 45.8 PFF score, 56.3% completion percentage, 796 yards, four touchdowns, seven interceptions, and a 61.2 passer rating. So, yeah, Evan, um, I've given you those stats, the PFF scores. And like I said, that 93.5, you and I look at PFF quite a good bit. It's elite. It's elite. It literally is like the top 
top, top tier for PFF. Uh, so what do you make of these two quarterbacks right now? Um, well, I mean, obviously Matt Ryan has a far more experience, um, you know, reading those PFF numbers and how he's been doing since week four. He, uh, he's been playing out of his mind, um, the level we all hoped he would return to. Um, Matt Ryan haters will say, oh, well, it was against Washington and Miami and the Jets. Um, so it's, it's the NFL. They're all professional teams. Um, he's, you know, it, would it be better if he had like Sam Darnold stats where he has <laughs> uh, eight interceptions and only seven passing touchdowns? Um, probably not. I'll take Matt Ryan. Um, but yeah, I mean, right now, when you compare the two quarterbacks, uh, it's not even close. And whether or not you believe, you know, their interest or whatever in the Deshaun Watson rumors, um, I'm just, I'm sure that it literally wouldn't even be a thing if Sam Darnold was putting up what Matt Ryan's been putting up, but he's just not. Um, his completion percentage only 61.4. Uh, you know, out of the gate, they started off good. They were three and zero, but they've lost four straight, and that's going to make people turn on each other. Um, Oh yeah. yeah. I'll take, I'll take Matt Ryan all day. I don't think even think the comparison's close right now. Yeah. And I, I think even Carolina fans would take Matt Ryan all day right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, he literally was benched. Yeah. You know? In the last it wasn't game. injury related. Yeah. Yeah. PJ Walker came in and, and PJ Walker was not any better to be clear. Cause I think the right. issues are far Three of wide. 14 is uh, not great. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> And the issues are far and wide right now for Carolina's offense. Um, their offensive line uh, is one of the worst ranked by PFF. Again, over the last four weeks, um, they're in the bottom five for you know giving up pass rushes. And uh, if you look at the guys that are out there now, they they may be getting Cam Irving back at left tackle. Uh, you know that remains to be seen as far as the injury report and how he progresses. But um, Cam yeah, Irving was- wasn't even that good to begin with. So he was a full participant on Thursday. So yeah. So he'll probably be in the game given that uh, practice designation, but even he, like he wasn't having a great season to begin with. Mm -hmm. So it's like they're upgrading from trash to, um, you know, lesser trash. It's, (laughs) it's not an offensive line that's playing right now. The only good player on their offensive line this year is their right tackle, uh, Taylor Moton, who, um, is actually, you know, I, I think we would very much uh, trade McGarry for Moton right now. Uh, he's definitely the better of the two right tackles. But uh, yeah, this offensive line, like across the board, I'm looking at these PFF scores. Uh, and again, I, I can hear people saying, oh, all you have to do is talk about PFF. Well, it's one that it's a benchmark. Okay. It's, it's not the end all be all, but a lot of times yeah. I think it lines up with what we see on the field. Right. It's not 100% accurate, but nine out of 10 times it's going to back up what, what your opinion on something is or what the actual stats are showing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I like to use, I, I think it's fairly accurate. It's not bulletproof. Um, but I think directionally it's absolutely on the point here with mm-hmm. this offensive line. So it, before I even get into the offensive line, uh, here are some of their statistics right now. They have given up 24 sacks on the year. That is 31st. The only team that's given up more is the Chicago Bears. Um, they are 29th in sack percentage. So, you know, if you, even if you try to take into account, uh, you know, the number of games and the number of dropbacks, they're still terrible. They're in the bottom three uh, for sack percentage. Um, so just the raw stats tell us that they're not getting it done. 
And if you look at the PFF scores, like it's just dismal. So, um, but you know, Evan, I'm thinking about this and what's the Falcons defense going to do with that? <laughs> like uh, it's Grady Jarrett and who? Like, yeah. I mean, Dante Fowler's on IR now, so somebody's got to do something. <laughs> yeah. Other than Grady, um, you know, Adi Ogundeji, I think he's had some uh, moments where he's flashed, but I, I don't think he's ready to be, you know, a guy you rely on for the pass rush. Um, Tuyoti Mariner, Stephen Means, uh, Bullard, uh, or, or in your mind, are any of these guys someone you think could step up on Sunday to take advantage of this offensive line, or is it pretty much just Grady? No, I think it'll be collective. Um, I don't think there's going to, like, you know, Sunday afternoon, we're going to be looking back like, man, Stephen Means really had a great game. (laughs) You know, like Jonathan Bullard, oh, my gosh, can you believe he got three sacks? Like, I think it's going to be, you'll see Bullard maybe get a sack. You might see Means get a sack, but it's going to be like a collective, you know, victory if the defensive line does well. I don't think it's going to be one guy standing out. Um, I think, you know, showing how crazy the times are. I think Fowler would have been the ideal guy who would have had a good game um, against this offensive line. But, you know, as I mentioned, he's on IR. Um, You know, we don't know when he's going to come back, but he definitely won't be in this game. So, right. Yeah. He's, he's out for at least this one and the next one. And um, they really haven't given us an idea of what the nature of his injury is. So yeah, it's hard to say for sure when or if he'll be back this season. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing that was interesting, Dean Pease mentioned in his press conference that they actually um, put Grady Jarrett on the outside, so at defensive end some in the last game. And I imagine that has a lot to do with the fact that they're just not getting pressure from the edges. And, you know, the, the only sack they got this past Sunday was uh, from Deion Jones, who came in as, you know, as a blitzer, essentially. Um, do you think that's where it's going to have to take place? We're going to have to send guys like Deion Jones, maybe Foyer, Jalen Hawkins had some success in the preseason. Is that where we're going to have, we're going to have to manufacture the pressure like we have in the past? I think so. Cause when you look at it, it's majority of the sacks are coming from the linebackers. Um, Foy's got a sack. Um, I think uh, Dion has two sacks on the season. Um, and then Fowler, obviously when he was playing, come from the outside had two sacks. So yeah, I, I think it's going to be coming from the outside. I don't think they're getting the interior pass rush that they hope they would. Um, and you can't blame Grady Jarrett for that because he's creating literally opportunities for these guys. Um, even if the, you know, it doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Um, if you watch footage, and I know you have DW, um, the impact Jarrett's making in the middle is going to definitely help everybody on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that you know. But, I mean, moving Grady to the outside, I mean, they're going to try everything pretty much to, you know, get home. Yeah, he's basically the only guy getting it done right now. Yeah. Um, And there are some opportunities. You know, I'm looking at the interior of this offensive line. You've got Michael Jordan for the Panthers at left guard, not the basketball player. Um, At right guard, you've got Dennis Daly. Both of these guys have terrible pass-blocking grades. Um, Both have given up multiple sacks from the interior uh, on this season. Um, Matt Paradis, who is normally a, a pretty good center in this league, uh, mm. this year has a 49.9 pass blocking grade. So, and, and he'll be somebody to watch because he popped up on the injury report on Thursday with a uh, back injury oh after boy. not having one on Wednesday. Um, he was limited, so you know, that can go either way with one more practice. 
Yeah, those those late week injuries where they don't start off in the injury report are usually mm-hmm. very uh, could be very game changing, uh, especially yeah. for someone like Paradis. So yeah, if they're going to a backup center, I can't imagine that's going to make this interior line any better. Um, and honestly, you know, if, if you look at Darnold, I think the the offensive line is is a big part of you know why he is where he's at. Um, and, and those twenty four sacks, he's taken twenty one of them. You know, three were uh, PJ Walker, um, and it's clear to me, and and I think you probably feel feel the same. They're missing Christian McCaffrey big time, yeah. who hasn't played in, in the last four games. Um, who else on this offense should we be looking out for? Do you think? could cause some damage or, or, you know, cause again, this is the Falcons defense. We can make teams yeah. look much better than they are, but who on this offense do you think uh, Falcons fans need to be, be mindful of? Um, I, I mean, obviously I think DJ Moore, he's been, you know, their best receiving option aside from when Christian McCaffrey plays uh, Robbie Anderson has been a huge letdown. Um, I, me and you were talking about it in the Falcolic chat, mm-hmm. 49 targets. He's only caught 18. 18. Yeah ridiculous just awful um and then obviously like chuba hubbard he's he's stepped up for mccaffrey he is in no way shape or form even anywhere near mccaffrey's uh level um but right now he's averaging 3.7 yards per carry um has 309 yards rushing and one rushing touchdown um he you know through the air he's being utilized he's got 24 targets so far um but i mean like outside of that um, and I'm not trying to sound confident, but like nobody scares me on this team. Um, DJ Moore, I guess, would be the answer, though, because I, I think he's a very talented player. I just don't yes. think he's going to be efficient with Sam Darnold um, as quarterback. And then obviously, you know, it's worth mentioning uh, Sam Darnold, seven, t- seven passing touchdowns and eight interceptions. He's their leading rusher in terms of rushing touchdowns. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's got five on the season for some reason. Um, and then, you know, he's averaging 4.2 yards per carry, but yeah. Yeah. That is not why they brought him. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) Oh, to be clear, uh, you know, their tight end situation, they've actually got good blocking tight ends, but they don't have a Gesicki on their Mm -hmm. roster. You know, a lot of people thought Ian Thomas could turn into a guy like that, but he only has 120 receiving yards all year, uh, just 10 receptions on the year. Um, so he has not turned into that receiving tight end they hoped he would be. Um, and, and honestly, past that, they don't have another tight end past him that has more than 100 yards receiving. And to me, that stands out because that's one of the positions, and you pointed this out last week when we went to face the Dolphins, that the tight ends have been killing us. But you know mm-hmm. they don't have anyone anywhere near uh, a Gasicki on their team. So, and, and on top of that, we are getting a lot of guys – back so from an injury report standpoint um evan the the falcons secondary how's it looking there i mean thankfully it's looking good um probably the best news uh, we've gotten sometime in terms of the injury report um avery williams you know he's been our big punt returner uh he was a full participant on wednesday and thursday but ag terrell you know it was kind of a weird situation he left um against the dolphins what was classified as a neck injury, but on the injury report, it showed up as a concussion. Concussion, right. Right, which usually means, I mean, he had one earlier in the season where he left against um, Tampa Bay, and I believe he missed that next game um, because concussions are, you know, non-linear injuries to where there's really no way to predict them. 
or predict like a timeline to come back. Um, but AJ Terrell on Wednesday was limited on Thursday um, is a full participant. So that makes me think maybe it actually is a neck injury. Cause I've never seen somebody bounce back from a uh, concussion that quickly. Right. Um, but you know, the fact that he's a full participant with that, cl- you know, what that classification of an injury um, I-, I would say it's a good sign for him playing this weekend you know, obviously there's a Friday practice left, but the fact that it's Thursday and he's a full participant, I, f- I feel confident AJ Terrell will be there on Sunday. Yeah, uh, I think so as well. And Eric Harris, who left the game, uh, told Michael Rothstein of ESPN that um, he had suffered a stinger during the game against mm. the Dolphins, and that's what took him out. But he's completely fine now, so he'll be back in the game. Harris has actually been a surprising uh, part of our defense. He was actually, between him and Harmon, I actually thought he would be the weaker link. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's actually played fairly well. He's one of our better coverage guys in the secondary. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're getting back this. Uh, most of the players in the secondary, Avery Williams will, you know, he'll be on there uh, for punt returns, but he was also, you know, our primary nickel. Um, Dean Pease did say they'll probably go with a rotation at that nickel spot. So Avery Williams, Darren Hall, Richie Grant will probably all get snaps uh, as the nickelback on, uh, on Sunday. Although I'll be honest, I'm looking at this this Panthers wide receiving core, and I'm not exactly terrified of their of their slot receivers. And maybe I should be more concerned because <laughs> <laughs> it is the Falcons' defense. Um, but at the same time, I, I feel like this is um, this is an offense that just is not getting it done. They are struggling mm-hmm. badly right now. And, Everybody's underperforming, and, yeah. and I think that you know, obviously, uh, Sam Darnold has some to do with it, but. Robbie Anderson, there's no excuse for you, you know, having 49 targets and only catching 18 of them after the big con- uh, contract they just gave him. Um, yeah. One other name to watch is um, rookie uh, Terrace Marshall for um, Carolina. He actually has missed the last two practices with a concussion. Um, I know he lines up in the slot sometimes for him, but he, uh, I mean, that doesn't sound good. That's usually how a concussion goes where he's not practicing at all. So that'll be somebody who might miss on Sunday. Yeah. And that's, uh, they can't af- afford to lose much more talent on their offense. Uh, losing McCaffrey was big enough. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're pretty thin. And at this point, I think you can make the case that they may have one of the worst offenses in the league. And, mm. you know, there is no better cure for a, a bad offense in the Falcons defense. But <laughs> um, I will say, and, and we've talked about this a lot, though, um, the, Falcons defense, I feel like it, they can't afford to lose players the caliber of A.J. Terrell. Terrell is having a phenomenal mm-hmm. season, and I think it's no coincidence that once he was out of the game um, on Sunday against the Dolphins, that's when the defense really started to struggle. Um, so if he is back and he plays all the snaps, I feel like it is a different defense with him on the field. We kind of saw that against, I think it was Tampa, where the Falcons and Buccaneers were pretty close, and then Terrell left, and it just – Shit hit the fan and, and went south quick. Yeah, so. yeah absolutely. Yeah. And that's backed up a little bit by what uh, PFF uh, noted. There is only one cornerback in the league that in man coverage has not allowed a reception all year. Only one, and it's A.J. Terrell. Um, mm. In man coverage, there is no corner better than A.J. Terrell right now. And that's, you know, that's a big, big part of it. He has just been a phenomenal uh, second-year player for the Falcons. Um, all right, so I'm, I'm actually – cautiously optimistic about the Falcons defense doing well enough 
But that has a lot more to do with, you know, the Carolina offense. Uh, how are you feeling about this matchup? I mean, kind of like last week, I'm kind of confident, but like that's usually, as you mentioned, like the Fal- <laughs> Fal- you don't want to let your guard down and let the Falcons have your confidence. Um, but I think this is a very winnable game. It's at home for the first time since what week four, like they haven't played an actual like home home game um, in quite some time. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm feeling confident, um, but again, it's, you know, the Falcons, so we don't exactly know what team's going to show up on Sunday, but when you, I think when you look at the matchups, and as I said, having A.J. Terrell there is a key part of that. When you look at the matchups, the Falcons just, I mean, they're the better matchup um, across the board, to be honest, so... Yeah. Um, do you want to predict the score? I, I know you probably oh, no, we, on. We got to talk about the Falcons offense and how they match up with oh. the Carolina defense. Oh, okay. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> um, That'll be a fun one. Yes, it will. Um, so we're going to get into that. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. I'm joined by Evan Birchfield. We are previewing the Falcons-Panthers game for week eight in the 2021 NFL season. Atlanta will be home, their real home, not freaking London. Uh, They will be at Mercedes-Benz this weekend hosting the Panthers, uh, the the trip down I-85. And I want to flip the script. Let's talk about the Falcons' offense and how it's going to match up. You know, we started off by talking about um, the difference in these two quarterbacks and the fact that right now you could not get any more different than Sam Darnold and Matt Ryan. Uh, over the past four weeks, Matt Ryan is the best, according to PFF. Sam Darnold is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Falcons offense has scored 27 or more points in the last three games. Um, and it really looks like they're getting it going. And I, I don't think it's any coincidence that a lot of that coincides with um, Kyle Pitts finally sort of hitting his groove and becoming the kind of weapon that we thought he could be. And this for me is an interesting matchup, Evan, because if I'm looking at the Panthers on paper, if you just look at the raw stats, their defense looks fairly decent. Um, they've got two guys, Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick, that look to be pretty good pass rushers. Um, they've got some corners that I think are quality guys. Um, they could potentially have Stephon Gilmore uh, this weekend. That still remains to be seen uh, whether he can come up. Shaq Thompson, their linebacker, uh, should play this weekend, although uh, their coach said he, he may have limited snaps uh, in coming off of his foot injury. Um, but on paper, this looks like a defense that could actually be pretty good um, and, and could give the Falcons a little bit of a struggle. What do you think? Uh, is there something I'm missing here, or do you feel like there's a bigger picture with the, the Panthers' defense? No, I mean, they're, you know, they're pretty good. I really like one of the guys I always look back at in the drafts, wishing the Falcons would have got Brian Burns. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always fun to watch. He's got four sacks on the year so far. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
I, I still give the Falcons the nod in this one, uh, uh, you know, when you compare the offense to the defense here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't think Carolina is a defense that should be slept on by any means. Yeah. It, they have 18 sacks on the year, which is, mm-hmm. you know, pretty good, but And I think this should, you know, be something for Falcons fans to take away from this. 14 of those sacks came in the first three games. Um, So of their 18 sacks, 14 came in the first three games. And those first three games were against the Jets, the Saints, who were missing quite a few players, Mm -hmm. and then the Texans. Like, the Jets and the Texans are on the race for the worst, you know, team in the league award. Um, in the Saints, I think you can make the case that, you know, that particular week, they were pretty banged up, uh, had some guys out for COVID protocol. Um, and those three teams gave up 14 sacks. Since then, in the last four games, they have four sacks total. And um, two of those games have come against, I, I would argue, much better competition. So if we look at the Panthers' schedule, you know, they're, they're, they're games that they won. They won against the Jets, they won against the Saints, and they won against the Texans. Week four, they took on the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas scored 36 on this defense, and they gave up, I think, just uh, they gave up no sacks. Um, week five, they took on the Eagles, uh, gave up 21 points to Jalen Hurts. Um, no comment on what that means for the Falcons defense. Um, week six, Minnesota Vikings with Kirk Cousins gave up 34 points and surrendered. Uh, They were able to get no sacks. And then last week against the New York Giants, uh, with, as we mentioned earlier, uh, several key guys out, including their best running backs, Quan Barkley, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, Sterling Shepard, several of their starting wide receivers, all of those guys out. The Giants beat them 25 to three, uh, scored 25 points. Um, Now, when I spoke with... um, uh, Pardon me. When I spoke with uh, Bradley Smith over at um, CSR, uh, Catch Scratch Reader, uh, he told me a big part of the problem is that their offense is just constantly setting up their defense, putting them in bad positions where they're having to defend a short field. Um, He said the average starting position for the Giants was at like midfield because of how bad the offense was. And that is certainly going to contribute to all of this. Um, And I think that is a part of the story here. But yeah, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, okay, the only really good quarterbacks they have faced this year, because I'm, you know, right, Jets, no. Saints, no. I don't, I don't believe in James. Um, Texans, <laughs> Cowboys, Dak Prescott, 100%, great quarterback, drops mm-hmm. 36 on them. Um, Jalen Hurts, no. Uh, Kirk Cousins, he's okay. He's, he's actually a pretty decent quarterback, drops 34 on them. Um, and then New York Giants, you know, how much of a believer are you in uh, Daniel Jones? <laughs> I guess answers that question. Um, so I think the, the Falcons are only going to be the third really team with a good quarterback situation that you're going to face this year. Um, does that give you some pause or let me throw a counter argument to that. Um, they've got some decent corners. They, you know, Dante Jackson, uh, who they drafted a few years ago, AJ Bouye. Um, and these are guys you know, that they weren't originally intended to be starters, but they're actually, I think, quality players. Um, you know, they lost their draft pick, J.C. Horn, to injury early on. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did break, They did sign uh, or trade for Stephon Gilmore, but he hasn't played yet. Um, do you think those guys are going to be the difference here, or is your confidence still high? Do you feel like 
this is a, a Panthers team that's just spiraling and, and not capable of really stopping anything at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I look at the like the raw stats of it, um, the difference between that first three game win streak they had, um, the defense was allowing, you know, this is in order, 16 first downs, six first downs. And then 14, like that's, that's good numbers. That six first down was against the Saints, who of those three is the best team. Um, since then, it goes to 24. They've allowed 15, 26, 21. Like they're allowing a ton of first downs. Um, and I think that's obviously a big thing to do with it. Um, that when the, I'm not sure exactly where on the field this defense is starting at, but they're allowing way too many first downs. Um, so, I mean, uh, to me, that's like the big outlier here. And I think that's something the Falcons are going to take advantage of. Yeah. Um, pushing that ball downfield. That's, that's how you beat this team. And they're allowing a ton of points. I mean, it's, I don't know their defensive situation, like if something else is wrong in the building, but um, they're, I mean, there's a reason they're 0 4. And I mean, obviously the offense has a huge part to do with that but i mean scoring 28 points scoring 18 and 28 against the giants three points is unexcusable but when you're putting up 28 points in two of the three games there and you're still losing um you know you look at the defense uh defensive side of the ball 36 points and 34 points they've allowed yeah that's a great point yeah and um it's not fair to just completely throw their offense under the bus they i mean they certainly deserve criticism yeah. yeah, as you as you pointed out in those games, like the offense score points, but the defense couldn't um, couldn't keep up. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll say this: I, I feel like from a weapons standpoint, right now, um, the Falcons have the most potential of any of the teams that they've faced with Kyle Pitts. Um, if Calvin Ridley can get going, uh, obviously Corderell Patterson has been our most consistent uh, offensive performer as a, as a mm-hmm. skill position. Um, and you know what? We got Russell Gage back. And honestly, Gage uh, hasn't been great, but he had that big touchdown cast, catch uh, last week, the 49, 50 yard pass mm-hmm. uh, that Ryan had. So uh, this is an offense right now that is hitting its stride. And, you know, we already, we sort of briefly talked about Matt Ryan, but like really the past three games, he has been playing out of his mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. And look, I want to say this because a lot of people had some problems with some reporting that went on this week where, you know, they were harping on Ryan's fumble and how he set the team up for a loss. Um, And this is the way I look at it. If you have a quarterback that plays perfect, except for one play and uh, your team cannot survive that one bad play, the problem is not your quarterback. The problem is your team. The problem is not just your quarterback. Like if you need a quarterback to play perfect, to have a chance to win, um, that is a problem with the team and the, the quality of the team, not your quarterback. Um, and yet I would argue that over the past several weeks, Ryan has played damn near perfect football, which is hard to do. You and I, like I said, we've watched these stats for a long time. It is very, very hard to consistently rank as elite by PFF. They're very, very critical about mm-hmm. that. And for Ryan to do that for this stretch has been nothing short of spectacular. And I think that holds up to the, the eyeball test too. Just watching him play, his accuracy has been on point. He's looked far more confident. And 
I do want to point this out. The Falcons offensive line right now. That's the big thing right there. Yeah, they, they are a big factor here. You know, the, the first three games, they struggled. But since then, they have been one of the best pass-blocking offensive lines in the league. Mm-hmm. Two and, sacks since week four. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they've given up nine on the year. And, you know, six of those came in – or seven of those came in the first three games. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, they have been uh, – absolutely improving week over week. There's still a lot of work to do, you know, don't Definitely. get me wrong. They, they, they need to do a better job as a run blocking unit, but um, overall this offensive line, I think that's credit to Arthur Smith and his coaching and what he's done because he did the same thing incidentally in Tennessee really improved the, the play of their offensive line there uh, in 2019 and 2020. Um, but yeah, this offensive line has given Ryan the time to be able to challenge downfield uh, and to get the time to make those throws. And, and both of those units, uh, or that, that unit is giving Ryan uh, the kind of protection he needs to operate at the highest levels. Um, so as we look at this offense and this defense, are you feeling pretty confident the Falcons offense will be able to score a good number of points against this defense? I do. Um, I just think one of the, you know, there's a ton of narratives here with the Falcons offense, but seeing Matt Ryan, you know, over these last couple of weeks, his trust for Kyle Pitts. Um, some of the passes he's thrown to Kyle Pitts to normal uh, non-unicorn players is incomplete or intercepted, but he's like putting it right to him to where he trusts Kyle Pitts is going to come down with the yep. ball. And most of the time he's doing it. Um, you know, obviously I think another underlying story is Cordero Patterson against Miami. I think he officially took RB one job. Uh, they're not going to say it yeah. obviously, but I mean, when you look at the, you know, situation, for example, um, in the fourth quarter, uh, they were, it was 20 to 14 Falcons had a, you know, could extend the lead to 24 at the goal line. They, you know, brought in Cordero Patterson. It wasn't Mike Davis who yep. you would think in a situation like that, you'd want the, you know, Mike Davis coming in there at the goal line, but no, it was Cordero Patterson yep. because, you know, the biggest thing too, is if you're running Cordero Patterson in, you're, the defense isn't sure what it is. That's one thing. It was an obvious, you know, I form uh, run play up the middle and that's who they went with Cordero Patterson. And he scored on a three yard carry. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound confident. <laughs> like I, it scares me <laughs> when I'm like, whoa, now, whoa, now, but they, I mean, they're doing, you know, Cordero Patterson, unbelievable what he's doing. Um, probably, you know, one of the craziest stories in NFL history, just how he's oh, yeah. 30 years old and all of a sudden is full blown running back. Um, even though like when he, when he is, you know, used a receiving option, he's getting the job done, but he's doing spectacular as a running back. Um, it's crazy. I also like, uh, you know, seeing the constant progression of Chris Lindstrom, who's playing as one of the best offensive yes. guards every week um, this year. Uh, Jake Matthews. I mean, it can't be, you know, ignored, but his pass blocking grade of 80, 80.8, um, which is, you know, at the top um, in terms of what you want from offensive tackle. Um, dude catches a lot of shit for some reason, but he is reliable. Oh yeah. Um, and, you know, you know, we, we still got Calvin Ridley. I know he, he scored a touchdown, but something's he's looked still off in my opinion. And I know we talked about it on the post game, um, but hopefully he, you know, bounces back soon and has like a, you know, old Calvin Ridley kind of day, but uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, 
I'm hopeful. Um, I think Gage is, you know, the game he had is about in par with what we would expect. If Ridley can get going, um, he's going to be a thorn in their side. And I do want to point out, Ridley has historically played very well against the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is something to, to keep an eye on. And yeah, you know what? I, I really think that this is a game where he gets back on track. I'm going to speak it into existence. Um, I love yeah. Calvin. Um, I think this is the kind of game where he, he's going to be back in Atlanta, back on his home turf. Uh, I feel like this is going to be the one. So, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling confident as well. Uh, the only thing that does worry me a little bit is the, you know, Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick, their ability to get to the passer. Um, this offensive line has been playing a lot better. I want them to win this matchup and sort of cement to me that the progress is real and yeah. not take a step back. But as it is, I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident in this game. So, Evan, let's do it. Let's Let's give our predictions for how we think this one is going to play. I'll let you go first. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Um, yeah. You know what? I, I'm, this is a, uh, a team in the Panthers that right now they are spiraling. Like they're, they are just spiraling out of control. Um, when I spoke with uh, you know, Brad Smith, the managing editor at, at Cat Scratch Reader, you could hear it in his voice. That said – I think I feel like this defense right now is still a bit of a problem. Um, the, the pass rush just isn't there. I actually think Sam Darnold's going to have a, a better game, and I think it's going to be close, but I do think the Falcons will win it. I'm going to say 28-24, Falcons win at home and somehow disappoint their fans even with another win. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, yeah, so aside from the first two weeks, the last four games, uh, win or loss, the games have been decided by – uh, seven or fewer points. Mm. With that being said, the Falcons win 31 to 14. Woo! I'm expecting a Falcons like, because they're going to build us up and then they have to travel to the saints next week. Um, and then that's going to make us a lot more nervous, but yeah, I, I I'm expecting a big win. Uh, if right. anything shy of like a W is going to very much depress me. Cause I, I, I mean, this Panthers team, it's like they started out good, but they're in a spiral. Um, and if the Falcons pull the old, like, Hey, use this as a get right game. That's going to break my little heart. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you and I both, man, this is their opportunity to go above 500 for the first time since what? 2017. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be 2017. They're at 500 since, uh, for the first time since I think 2019. So yeah, when they were one and one. Um, yeah. So yeah, this is uh, this will be a a really big boost I think to their confidence ahead of next week's game. So yeah, this is this is one that they should win, and I think they will. Um, I'm beginning to to gain confidence in this team uh, as each week passes. All right, Evan, uh, remind our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Evan Birchfield at thefalcolic.com, um, you know, where you can get literally anything Falcons related. Um, also, uh, follow the Instagram. We have an Instagram account, the underscore Falcolic. Also, the Falcolic on Facebook and Twitter. Um, so, yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening. And hopefully the Falcons pull it off this week and we're four and three. <laughs> yes, 100%. Um, either way, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> it is. Oh, all right, guys. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at DW. 
updates for this podcast at Falcoholic Pod, and of course, our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com. So for Evan Birchfield, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.